I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told. So I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is The Athletic Hockey Show. We are back. It is a Thursday edition of the Athletic Hockey Show. It's the M&M Boys. At least that's what we like to call ourselves. No, it's it, Mendes and Mac we do don't with like you. to call ourselves we that. Don't, we never we discuss well, we just, that. No, I'm we trying didn't. to fish. Listen, I'm trying to fish for a sponsorship deal. But like, but the, the twist would be it would be like Smarties. Yeah. I, like, well, yeah. Maybe. And then they could go the tagline. Looks like M&M's prefers Smarties. You know, and they'd be like, whoa, what does this mean? But our, our American audience are like, what the hell are Smarties? Yeah, they, so you, maybe, we've, we've already lost half the audience <laughs> yeah, right there. Exactly. Never mind. Uh, look, look, listen, looking forward to this because uh, last week I said, I can't wait till we get to next week. Training camps will be uh, rolling. We'll have some storylines to get to, which certainly we uh, we will. Uh, Jesse Granger is going to pop by a little bit later. Tons of mailbag questions, a fun voicemail this week in hockey history. Got to ask you this, though, Sean, as camps opened on Wednesday, uh, I thought one of the biggest stories to come out was all of a sudden it felt like the screws tightened ever so slightly or maybe by a lot on Kyle Dubas in Toronto where uh, all of a sudden it seemed to come out that, hey, guess what? He didn't get a contract extension. He's in the last year of his deal. 
You'll often hear the term lame duck thrown around when someone's in the last year of their deal. Here's my question for you because I know, uh, look, look, this is the team. You've made no bones about it. You've cheered for the Maple Leafs your entire life. You have your finger on the pulse of this team uh, probably as, as well as anybody. So my okay. question is this. What is Kyle Dubas – like what's the bare minimum that he needs to accomplish to get a contract extension after this season? If clearly – if MLSE yeah. has said we're not going to do it now, so he, something has to happen down the road. What's the bare minimum? Yeah, it's and it's it, it is hard to say because you know you said MLSE made that decision. We, we don't know who ultimately made that call. Right, and that's that's a big part of the story in Toronto this year. Um, is it's not just Kyle Dubas, it's Brandon Shanahan. What is you know how secure is his job? The easy answer is to say they need to win. A, you know, if they win a couple playoff rounds, then he then he's back. And I think we we agree on that. If they win one. Is that enough? Well, you know, it it probably depends on on what it looks like and what kind of season it is. Um, you know, clearly, if it's another Montreal situation or Columbus situation, then I I, I don't uh, I, you know I don't think they they continue uh, because something will have to change. I mean, the 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 market has been extraordinarily patient and, and maybe rightly so with what's been a very very good team. Um, at least in the regular season. I, it, the big question for me is what happens if they have another year like last year? Fantastic regular season, dominant right. regular season, go into the playoffs. And, you know, unlike Montreal, unlike Columbus, this this wasn't a team. They didn't choke. They didn't. They just ran into a really, really good team and came within one goal of beating them. Um, you know, is there any scenario where if it's if it's the Lightning again or, you know, if the Panthers are having, have another big year, is there any scenario where, you know, that would be considered good enough. I, I don't think there is, but again, you know, to make that change, who are you bringing in? How do you get better? Um, you know, it, it's, and it, it's very interesting because of a huge part of the Kyle Dubas story for years now in Toronto. Um, and, and either, you know, maybe depending on your view, the fatal flaw of, of the Kyle Dubas era, or, or maybe the, be- the, the single best thing about it, is he's just refused to ever make a panic move. He's refused to make those cliche change for the sake of change, um, you know. And 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 he almost races to reassure after each annual first round exit that you know we're not we're not going to break up the core. We're not blowing this thing up. We will run it back. And now it is possible, depending on how this season goes, that he will be relying on those above him to make the same decision um, versus to say, you know what, um, we've got to either we want to go in a different direction, we need to go in a different direction, or we feel like we have to because how many times can you go back to this well with in, in this Toronto market? Um, you know, look, it's it's Toronto. It's, it's, it's not like Leaf fans are out there demanding a championship every year, obviously, but you got to make some progress at some point or or you do start to. Uh, to lose the faith, and uh, I don't know. It, it's to me, it's fascinating, and and the the other fascinating piece is who's making the call. Because uh, you know, I was thinking about this today. Let me let me ask you. You're pretty plugged in. You know things. Kyle Dubas reports to Brendan Shanahan. Who yeah. does Brendan Shanahan report to? What's the name of the person that Brendan Shanahan reports to? Do you know? I don't know. Okay, I'll tell you something. I'm a Leafs fan. I don't know either. 
Okay. And that's a nice change. Is it, is it, is it a board though? It's well, is it yeah. like a like a, a, a so so who's on the board? board of you know, give me the names of some of the people on the board. I couldn't tell is, you. And L- I'd be willing Larry to bet Tannenbaum's still there, right? I, I'd be will. Uh, I, I I think, think he is. I think Larry's I think he is. still there. But I'd be but, willing to bet ninety five percent of Leaf fans don't know the answer to that question, just like I don't. And that's good because we've lived through the board. We've lived through the the pension plan. We've lived through always feeling like you know some some guy in a suit who didn't know anything about hockey was making these decisions. And it hasn't felt that way for the last few years. It's felt like this is Brendan Shanahan's team. Right. If, if we start finding out the names of some of the people that Brendan Shanahan reports to this year, that's going to be a very bad sign for how the Maple Leaf season is going and how the Maple Leaf's future is going to look. Um, yeah. As soon as we start knowing those names, there's potentially some real problems in Toronto. You know, I... Yeah, I, I thought that that was one of the most interesting things to come out of kind of day one of training camp, the the Kyle Dubas, uh media session. That was interesting. No, no extension, yeah. and and not yeah, you know, not that they're working on it. Not that hey, it just hasn't happened yet. They, he yeah, was told by Brendan yeah. Shanahan there will not be not. no extension uh, this year. And the, the the other thing I would say though, when it comes to the Leafs, I mean, yeah, you you mentioned lame ducks. You, you hear that more with coaches, but maybe with GMs too. Um, it's it, an extension in Toronto is not the same as it is in a, a smaller market or a more penny pinching market. And remember this 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 team ate Lord knows how much money to get rid of Mike Babcock. Uh, th- this team gave Dave Nonis a five year extension and and then fired him shortly after that. Uh, you know they they ate ten ten million dollars maybe more than that to to get rid of David Clarkson back in the day. Like it, it's not that. It's not as if if Kyle Dubas had an extension that he couldn't be fired next year. You know, there there are some teams where that extension means you're not getting fired because they're not going to pay two guys. Toronto's not like that. So right. uh, it, it maybe is less of a story in Toronto than it would be, except that this is Toronto and nothing is ever less of a story in Toronto than it would be so much. And, else. you know, that kind of ties in. To, and we, we, we talked about this last week when we kind of batted around your, um, oh man, why am I blanking on the name? Bizarro meeting. The, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that, that dropped on Wednesday. Uh, the Eastern Conference version of the uh, Bizarro Meter, mm-hmm. and and it was it Monday or Tuesday what, earlier this week. You did the Western Conference, yep. right? Well, yeah, the and, West West was yesterday or Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday, okay. So when you drop these columns, one of the things we often find is you know people get pretty worked up about uh, these arbitrary rankings that uh, mm-hmm. you know I can't believe you gave these guys a six point four or whatever you know whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, uh, was there one theme that came back to you? After you did the Bizarro rankings for the East and the West, you're like, oh, oh wow, that people seem to, to to kind of focus on one thing. Like, was there one thing that surprised you from the reaction from from people on this? I, no, I, I can't say that there was. Um, I, I can't say there was any fan base that really jumped. I mean, with the exception of the Islanders, and and they were right. I for for some reason I kind of left the Barry Trot stuff out. It was you know didn't register with me as an off-season move and of course it was for them so um th- that's that was just me screwing up and and islander fans pointing it out um you know a lot of it's it's one of those fun columns because i'm saying strange i'm not saying good or bad this isn't my ranking of you know who had a good or a bad off-season so you can't get too fired up at me but it is always interesting when you know people will jump in and go oh my you know my team was was weirder than that or you know my <laughs> team is uh, it was was stranger than these guys. Everybody always thinks their team ha- is is the wild one where crazy stuff always happens. That's why it's kind of fun to see it all laid out, and you see everyone else right. go, "Oh, why? Well, yeah, all right. I guess uh, 
I guess we are maybe fifth in our own division in, in terms of uh, who had the strangest summer. You know, speaking of, you did the Bizarro rankings. Uh, you know, Dom, and Shayna, and Sean Gentilly. They, uh, you know, they get together and they put out the rankings. And now, now I should point out this is based on Dom's model, mm-hmm. but uh, Shayna and Dom and uh, Gentilly, they kind of all get together and they write these uh, rankings from worst to best. And every day they drop a team or two into the list. And so, you know, for if you know, you're, you're kind of nervously waiting for your you're team waiting, to show yeah, up. But you don't want to um, see your team. This is You don't want to see your team. The longer you go, you're happier. So as, and I don't want to spoil anything for Friday, but I do know that here as we sit here on Thursday, um, in reverse order from the worst to the best, so far they've revealed Arizona, Montreal, Chicago. I don't think there's a huge surprise there. A lot of people thought nope. those might be the three worst teams. Sure. Uh, then you got Buffalo. I think Sabres fans probably be a little disappointed if, you know, they kind of ended on a good note last year. They're hoping that maybe Owen Power comes in. Anyway, mm-hmm. Buffalo, Philadelphia, I don't think there'll be any, uh, uh, you know, quibbles there. But then Columbus is the yeah. next team. And then the two California teams, Anaheim and San Jose, coming in next. Um, are you surprised that Columbus has appeared in these rankings so quickly? Like, they, they yes. like, but they're twenty seventh overall in um, in Dom's model. He's having them as a top. Oh, sorry, a bottom, uh, essentially what a bottom six team. Mm-hmm. Um, After they in, finished in, what in the they, National Hockey they, League, they, they they weren't in the bottom ten last year, and and that's the especially yeah, tough they, part is not only are they ranked this low, but he's he's got them dropping five points in the standings, um, or his do model does with Johnny his Gaudreau. model. Yeah, do you think his model thought that Goudreau signing with Columbus was like an Onion article or something? <laughs> maybe, maybe like, that's it. Like, maybe, maybe that uh, uh, it could be. I think we all did. Me? Explain this one to me. Like, I'm shocked. Like, and not that I thought that Columbus well, would necessarily be a playoff team, but I, you could talk me into them hanging out with the Ottawa's and the New Jerseys, mm-hmm. and that's, maybe some that's of those what's going to get you. And and, you know? and look, I mean, you you can. As we get into this, we may find out that the difference between where they're ranked and being five spots higher is like three points, which even, (laughs) you know, for a mathematical model, uh, you know, this is, you know, this is, it's a rounding error almost at at that point. Um, But yeah, no, and no doubt if you're a Columbus fan, you're looking at an 81 point team signs the biggest name free agent um, and you're, you're expecting an improvement. You're certainly not taking them expect them to take a step back. It, it did really surprise me. Now, that said, they don't just spit out the charts and graphs and say this is what's going to happen. There's there's explanations, and they do walk through the process. And in some cases, um, they will openly disagree with what the model says and say, you know, here's why we here's what we think it might be missing or, or what's, you know, what the issue is. The, the explanation for the Columbus ranking essentially boils down to the the model, at least, believing that Columbus really wasn't an 81 point team last year. That right. they were worse than that. Um, they overachieved. Overachieved. Um, you know, that, that when you look at some of the underlying numbers, uh, that essentially that this was a team that was worse and, and maybe even significantly worse than an 81 point team. And so they're getting better by adding Johnny Gaudreau, but that doesn't offset what we expect to see them the, the step we would expect them to take back um from just based on their level of play last year sort of a two steps forward or two steps back one step forward i guess in this situation um and that's how you wind up with a team that's a little bit worse uh at the end of the day hey it's great billboard material 
you're a Blue Jackets fan, uh, because uh, you know I've been there. Obviously, that is a fan base that deserves a little bit of optimism going into a season. Yeah, uh, some positive vibes, and and uh, you know Dom is is uh, coming in here and and raining all over it. But I would encourage you certainly if you're a Blue Jackets fan or you're just a fan and you're you're kind of raising an eyebrow at this, go read the piece because it does it, it at least makes the case and you'll at least come out of it feeling like okay. I might not agree, but they're not just pulling this out of nowhere. They're not just, this isn't one of these rankings where, you know, you move a few teams around just to make people mad. They've got some reasoning. They've, they've got, uh, there's, there's some logic in this. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I think when you're a team that has missed the playoffs pretty consistently, if you're a fan of a team that's missed the playoffs pretty consistently, I swear every morning, if you're an athletic subscriber, you get up and you're like, is today the day? Like, is today yeah. the day my team is going to show up in the rankings? If you're Ottawa and like I said, or Detroit or... Yeah, Detroit There's or, a few uh, of those teams know. that you're waiting to get to. Again, we haven't got to New Jersey yet, you know? It's, yeah, uh, New Jersey and That's Detroit one that, if, you know, if you're Columbus, you're sitting there going, man, we're almost 20 points ahead of these guys. What's what's going on? The the other piece of this, and, and this has been something that's really struck me just in the analytics era of sport, is as fans, we tend to overestimate the difference that one player makes. That really struck me in baseball. Yeah. Like, you know, when you would see, uh, you know, your team would sign a guy, oh man. And then you find out that like an MVP caliber player in baseball was like eight wins. Worth seven. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, seven, seven or eight wins. Seven wins over a win over you know, a replacement player. You're, yeah. you're sitting there, say, your 75 win team gets a superstar and you're going, oh, we're going to win 100 games now. And you find out, no, you need three of those guys to improve that much. And, and it's kind of the same thing in hockey. Um, Johnny Goudreau, based on last year, was about a four and a half win player now you add four and a half wins to the columbus blue jackets and they're a 90 point team which is still not playoffs but you know certainly better but again it's clawing back a, a big chunk of that um based on on what the numbers say they should they should be they're, they're going to be a very very interesting team next year um and uh, uh look i'll i'll say it i'm i'm rooting for them. um you know i'd love to see oh. them hang in and, and play those meaningful games but uh uh, the model, not a fan. Columbus is one of those teams, unless you're a fan of like maybe you know maybe Pittsburgh or you know somebody like that. Like, how do you not love them? They're just kind of like a likable team. Like, there's nothing. They're, they're really a likable team, and they haven't. Right? You know, they they the number one thing that makes that, that makes you hate a team is success. And the Blue Jackets have had, right. uh, you know, famously they they haven't had that playoff success. Haven't had a lot of regular season success. And maybe if you're a Lightning fan, you're not a huge. Uh, uh, you know, you're, you're kind of raising your hand going, I can think of one year they had some playoff success, but other than that, yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, I mean, it's, it's, it's a great market. It's been, you know, 20 plus years. It's uh, time for them to, to win something, but it, uh, and, and I don't think anyone thinks this is the year that they're cup contenders. Um, but, uh, it'd be nice to see them, uh, in the mix at the very least going down the stretch. Yeah. Um, uh, Wednesday was a day or sorry, Tuesday was a day where we saw three prominent defensemen hang up their skates. P.K. Subban, Keith Yandel, Zdeno Chara. Uh, real quick, Yandel is the reigning Ironman in terms of most consecutive games played in the NHL, is able to walk away uh, playing 989 consecutive games. Of course, it felt like uh, you know he was you know destined to have, uh, you know, he was made a healthy scratch at the very end there. Um, mm -hmm. We thought maybe could he get to a thousand? He's not going to. Uh, Phil Kessel's seven games behind him 
in the Ironman list, which means if Phil Kessel can basically stay healthy the first three weeks of the season uh, with his new team, the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, he'll break that record. Yep. And I, I think it's an interesting story, right? Like Phil Kessel being the Ironman in hockey is going to be one of the great kind of statistical benchmarks of all time, right? Like I can't wait. It, I love it. it. Yeah, it's you're going to see the hot dog and the meat. Uh, hot Out dog of guy. shape, Phil Kessel. Yeah. You know, Guy who's winded on the bench after after every shift you know, doesn't doesn't work out in the second. We don't know if any of this is true, but this is this is what we've always said about this guy. Doesn't even look like it doesn't look like an athlete. Uh, you know, he looks like somebody who works in your IT department. I love the idea of this guy being the NHL's all time Iron Man and gets. I hope he yeah. gets to a thousand games. I can't wait to see that happen. Eight. 18 games is what he would need to get to 1,000. Eight is what he would need to pass Keith Yandel. He's got to, so he's got to stay healthy and he's got to stay in the lineup is the other thing because, you know, that's, that's a, that Vegas team does not have time to mess around. This isn't Philadelphia that no, keep, but you you're know, throw not, Keith Yandel out there. But but Keith Yandel, when he had uh, – when and it was Mike Yao, I think, right, that, that, that had made him the healthy scratch. Mm-hmm. At that point, Jarvis was um, – uh, Yandel was free and clear of Doug Jarvis, right? It wasn't right. like he was five games away from Jarvis. There's no way Phil Kessel is a healthy scratch – at any point in the next seven games, am I, am I fair to say I'd be, that? Like, I'd be very surprised. But remember, there was some no talk. There was some talk during the offseason that one of the potential issues with with signing Phil Kessel, and again, I don't think it's the seven games, but it was how much did he want to keep the streak going, and and or was did he want to go to a contender where a contender might say at some point, look, man. You know, you're an older player. We're going to sit you down for a few games, give you a bit of a rest, uh, you know, or maybe you're not even playing up to that lineup spot. And would he go to a team that wasn't that wasn't a contender because he wanted to keep that streak going? And you know, he didn't do that in Vegas. I, I again, the seven games, I don't think. Uh, I don't. I, I you know, I I'd be no. very surprised. Um, but you know, is he going to play all 82 games? I I don't know. I I, I think I the think streak the probably number- ends at some point. I think the number is a thousand. I think once he gets to a thousand, you know, a he's clear of Yandel and anybody else. We Brent Burns is the next guy on the list. He's never going to catch him. He's you know a couple hundred games behind, right? Like it's it's not going to happen. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Burns doesn't have enough track. Um, so I would say once Kessel gets to a thousand games consecutive, which means he needs eighteen more. After that. I think you would have the green light as a coaching staff. You're like, you know what? We're deciding to bench you. If he goes eight or nine games without a goal, you can bench him or make Mm -hmm. him a healthy scratch or whatever. He's got the record. He's gotten to a thousand games. Really, at that point, it doesn't matter, right? Yeah. Yeah, that that sounds good to me. I think that's, uh, and, and, you know, I'm sure uh, it was maybe even discussed when he... Uh, when he decided to sign there, so that uh, get him to seven, get him to a, you know, get him the record, get him to a thousand, um, and then uh, then we're all set. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big juicy investment. Mm, now that's pretty good. 
Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokers Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. All right, Sean, as always, it is uh, terrific to get Jesse Granger to drop by for a little segment we like to call Granger Things, brought to you by BetMGM, the exclusive betting partner with us at The Athletic. And I'll tell you what, we're at that point in the season. We were talking earlier in the pod, uh, Jesse, about... Uh, you know, opening of training camps and, and you know, all the storylines bouncing around the league. And that's the perfect time for people to start maybe looking at some preseason odds here as or, you know, odds before the start of the regular season. So let's chat here a little bit about maybe some some places where to, to put some smart money down on, on teams that might make or miss the postseason. Yeah. So I, I decided rather than looking at the the traditional, uh, you know, win the division, win the win the West, win the East, win the Stanley Cup, um, I started looking at the the. They, they give you odds on to make or miss the playoffs. So um, I picked two teams that I think their their odds maybe should be a little bit better to make the playoffs. Um, I'm, I'm a little more optimistic than maybe the sports books are on them. And I'll start with, um, because I think you're going to have uh, quite a bit to say on this, Ian, um, the <laughs> Ottawa Senators at plus 210 to make the playoffs. Um, they, that is by far the longest shot um, of the of the teams that I would give a chance to make the playoffs. I think it's almost strange. I think I've said this before to to talk about how good the Senators offseason was, but I liked everything they did. And I think that, yes, they're in a very tough division, but I think that that team, if if there's a team out there that's young and has some good talent and just seems to have made the right decisions to, to kind of push them towards the playoffs, maybe they're not quite ready to get there, but I think they might be worth taking a, a, a long shot at as opposed to trying to like, they're not going to win the division. They're not going to, they're not going to do anything in the playoffs, but I think you could get some value on the senators to make the playoffs. What do you think about it, Ian? Yeah. You know what? It's interesting. And I think I, Sean would have a good take on this too. I think the issue with Ottawa is not that, are they going to be better? I think we can all agree that they are. The question is, have they closed the gap enough with the rest of the Eastern Conference. And I, I don't anticipate, this is just me, I don't think all eight playoff teams in the East will be 100-point teams again. I felt like that's a bit of an aberration. I feel like the number probably will be around 94, 95. But again, now you're asking Ottawa to make basically like a 25-whatever point leap, um, 24, 25-point leap. I, 27 that, so that, points is 20, the, the yeah. gap that they've got to make up. Now, that doesn't mean it has to all be Ottawa. It doesn't mean they have to be 27 points better. Yeah, they could have the teams they're chasing, you know, Washington or or somebody come back to them. But yeah, it's they're they're twenty seven points back of Washington last year, and the other wild card team in their own division was Boston. They're thirty four points back, and I you know look, we can all picture Washington taking a step back. I think we can picture Pittsburgh taking a step back. Boston with all those injuries and the new coach, but it's it's got to be. It's got to be some big steps back, and Ottawa's got to take a big step forward. And they—they're not just chasing those two teams. There are four other non-playoff teams in between Ottawa and the playoffs, based on last year's standing. So they got to pass those teams as well. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I, it has to be one of those years where almost everything goes right. See, I yeah. think I think Boston is like I, I'm in, in my eyes. I'm looking at it and I'm saying, okay, which one of these teams? I think some the same eight teams aren't going to make the playoffs. That pretty much never happens in hockey. Like you, someone's going to fall out. Someone's going to jump in. And I think like Boston, if you look at their same, these same type of odds for the Bruins, 
They're only plus 140 to miss the playoffs. That was a team that I thought going into this exercise, I was going to say, you know what? That is a team that I might bet to miss, miss the playoffs, but at only plus 140, that's not very good value. That That's showing you that there's definitely some skepticism in the Bruins with all the injuries and the coaching change. Yeah, like Boston to me is such a tumultuous team, even though, you know, Bergeron's coming back, Krejci's coming back. Uh, I mean, then again, though, to me, this is my thought on Boston. I feel like we've been saying for five years, and same with Pittsburgh and Washington to some extent, right? That this is the year they fall off a cliff, and every right. year they don't. And so, to me, I think they've they've earned the right, just like the Penguins and the Caps, that until they miss the playoffs, you kind of have to assume they make the playoffs, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's definitely fair. Um, to to just kind of go along that, the other team that I that I look that I was looking at, um, it's another one, and they actually have more ground to make up than the Senators do. If you look at what their points were last year, they only had 63 points last year. But the New Jersey Devils, to me, are a team that, again, that division is going to be tough, but I I don't expect Washington and Pittsburgh, and I expect the Rangers to step back. Um, My hot take on our Wednesday show the other day was that the Rangers will miss the playoffs. So I do think that all three of those teams, Rangers, Pittsburgh, and Washington, are all going to take a step back. I don't expect all three to miss the playoffs, but I think somebody in that division is going to step up. And I look at the Islanders, I look at Columbus and I look at New Jersey. We don't have to look at Philadelphia. Um, But of those three, the Islanders, Columbus and New Jersey, to me, New Jersey has the like, I I like the upside in New Jersey. Now, it could be a disaster, but I do think that they'd be worth taking a a flyer on to make the playoffs um, out in the Metro. What do you guys think about the Devils? Boy, that's uh, that's an even bigger gap. This was supposed to be a good team last year. It's been a running joke for a while. They they're they're the offseason champion. Yeah. several years running. Um, yeah. And last year, they just got torpedoed by terrible goaltending. Um, but I'm not completely convinced the goaltending is going to be much better. It, it it won't be as bad as it was last year, just because that's how goaltending works. It, it uh, it's, it's unpredictable. And it would be surprising if, if they were as awful as they were. But I'm, I'm not convinced. I mean, they, their solution to the goaltending was to go to Washington and say, can we have your second best goaltender? And Washington was a team that we all said needed better <laughs> goaltending. So I don't, I'm not sure they really fixed it. I, you know, I, I, I hate to get, I hate to get grim. Here's my, here's my, my call for New Jersey as a playoff team. How much do you believe in Andrew Burnett when he takes over from Lindy Ruff <laughs> early in the season? Because I think that's a very likely situation, and, um, you know, uh. If you need somebody to take over a team midway through the year, he's he showed that he could do it pretty well last year. Maybe he's he's the guy who can work the magic. That's that's the only way I really see it. I feel like we need our producer Danielle to 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 save that clip from Sean oh. and we roll it back like <laughs> no, around American I was promised there were no saving of clips. Everything was going to get burned yeah. immediately, and there were going to be no predictions written down. Or I'm not, saved not in saving anyway. it. Oh, no. There we oh, go. Okay. There we go. All right. Sean, you mentioned it, that they were torpedoed by goaltending. I mean, the Devils, but from a from an expected goals perspective, just if you take goaltending out of it and you just look at the skaters on the ice, they were the 14th best team in the league last year. Um, I mean, like that's that's easily in the playoffs. Really that good? And, really? Okay. I mean, they they mm. were they were better than Washington. They were better than a lot of teams that made the, they were 
significantly better than the Rangers five on five significantly. Now the Rangers got spectacular goaltending. I think, I don't think Igor Shesterkin's going to take a step back. I think his numbers are going to take a step back because it's just not yeah. sustainable to, to do that no matter how good you are. And I, and I think he's a really good goalie, but I, I think the devils were a above average team last year. They got a lot better with their offseason acquisitions. And, and I agree with you pinning the hopes on Vitek Vanacek is it's it's not exactly the the smartest move but I think mm-hmm. I still think that he is a significant upgrade. I mean even if he plays as bad as he did in Washington last year which was his play was disappointing last year but I think even playing as disappointed as he was last year if he plays at that level he's a major step up from what they got last year. They're obviously going to need him to be better than that to make the playoffs but I th- I think he can be a little better. Um, imagine cheering for a team that needed a goalie and just went out and got <laughs> somebody yeah. off another team who hadn't been good in a while. The, look, yeah. the other thing with New Jersey is Mackenzie Blackwood stunk last year, flat out. Yep. But this time last year, we were talking about him as one of the better young goalies in the league. His name was even coming up yep. as, as a possible Team Canada. Team Canada. You know, third guy on the in the Olympics. So, you know, maybe the rebound's coming. We, we kind of saw a similar thing with Carter Hart uh, last year where, you know, he didn't rebound to – to star for, but he, you know, he at least yeah. got better. Right? Maybe something like that. You're, you're selling me a little bit. Here, I gotta say, you're, <laughs> there you you're, go. you're, the, you're moving the, the meter is moving from impossible territory to maybe not quite so impossible. Save that clip too, Daniel. Don't <laughs> yeah. bring me out to drive. And then it, and then it, it goes to slam dunk when Andrew Brunette takes over. Uh, That's exactly. right. At some yep. point. Okay. Let's talk a little bit then. Okay. So it seems like Ottawa, New Jersey might be smart money to put down on them. Um, you know, they've got talented rosters, just need a little help probably in their own zone. What about the flip side of the equation, Jesse? About, you know, some of these teams that, uh, you know, maybe it's wise to put some money down on them missing the postseason. Yeah, so we I kind of mentioned Pittsburgh before. Um, there's a nice price on Pittsburgh, and for good reason. They've made the playoffs a bajillion years in a row. Um, they but they're they're plus three hundred to to miss the playoffs. Um, three to one odds. They're they're minus four hundred to make the playoffs. I think this team probably makes the playoffs, but with their age, with just everything that's the the this team, like you said, we've been saying they're going to fall off the cliff forever, and they haven't. Eventually, they will. Um, <laughs> someday, the it happened to the Red Wings. Mm-hmm. It'll happen to this team. Um, I think plus three hundred is is an interesting number for Pittsburgh, and then one that's not quite as good of odds. But I'll be honest, the reason I wrote this one down is because when I was going through these teams, I, what I what I would do is I would look at the team, okay, and then I would say what should be the favorite, making or missing. And with this team, was the only team in the league that I got wrong. Um, the Vancouver Canucks, I thought would be plus money to make the playoffs, and they are mm-hmm. not. They're actually a favorite to make the playoffs. They're plus 110 to miss the playoffs, which to me is very surprising. Um, the, the Pacific is not the strongest division, but Calgary, I think, I don't think they're, they're taking any big steps back. They might have gotten better. We don't know. It's so, there's so many new pieces. Edmonton should still be pretty good. The Kings and the Golden Knights were both ahead of Vancouver and the Golden Knights were an absolute train wreck last year and they still finished above Vancouver. Um, the fact that the Canucks to me are the fifth best team in that division um, in a division that only got three teams in the playoffs last year because it was the weakest division and they're a favorite to make the playoffs really shocks me. So if I, I would be looking at to Vancouver to miss the playoffs. Not that I don't think they can, but to me, that's very surprising that that would be the favorite. Um, what do you guys think? Well, I, I think it's interesting when you look at the quotes coming out on Wednesday from Bruce Boudreaux in Vancouver. Like they're, He's making no bones about it. we're a playoff team, right? Like yeah. He's not even... You know, in Ottawa, uh, I, I spoke to Pierre Dorian. We spoke to Pierre Dorian. And he's like, wow, oh, we just want to play meaningful games. 
Bruce Boudreaux is like, we are a playoff team. Like all caps, bold, underlined. Uh, I The expectations to me, once they got JT Miller done at that price, they and I, I know Drance and Harmon have kind of written about this out there. They're in win-now mode. They're mm-hmm. not in the, yeah, maybe in 18 months or two years, they're in win-now mode, right? Yep. Yep. The, that's They're clearly, well, they think they are, which means they are. Uh, you know, you can you can criticize the roster or talk about what they should be doing, but yeah, that's uh, that's where they're at. And, would, would you guys uh, have I'd, guessed that there would be that they would be favored to make the playoffs? And that would guess? have been a tough call for me. I would have really yeah. probably gone back and forth. And plus, you know, plus one ten is is basically even. We can translate and and please, Jesse, correct me if my my math is wrong here, but plus one ten is basically saying. Close to 50-50. So if you think the they're, you know, if you think they are less than a 50% chance, then uh, you're getting good value. And the uh, the Penguins being plus 300, that's that's essentially three to one. They're, they, if you think there's better than the 25% chance that Pittsburgh right. misses the playoffs, you get in on that. I it, That's awfully tempting to me because, yeah, tw- 25%, uh, you don't have to think. It's it's more likely than not in order to to get in on, right. on those kind of odds. And I, I would take a long look at that if if I was inclined to uh, to bet on a team. Because we have seen, there are teams where, yeah, I mean, eventually you take a small step back and miss the playoffs. And we've seen teams, that, they fall off the, the map. San Jose being one yep. that sticks out a few years ago. Um, you know, they went from the conference final cup contender to nothing and have stayed there for a while. So... Could it happen to Pittsburgh? Obviously, the fact that they brought all their guys back uh, suggests that uh, it's it's less likely. But that's not those aren't bad odds. It's tempting, definitely. The, on the Vancouver side, it's they're plus one ten, which I you're right, that is a little better than fifty fifty. But they're minus one forty to make, so that might mm-hmm. be a a case of if you don't uh, maybe just lay off. And yeah, I don't, I don't go anywhere near those odds to make. That's you're you're that you're you're not giving me enough there. Yeah, one minus one hundred and forty. Like I said, they've got four teams above them, and and they were teams that you could argue all got better. I mean, Vegas just has to not be a complete train wreck, and they'll get better. <laughs> Los Angeles yeah. is a young team; um, they still have some older pieces, but they they were so injured. They they were maybe the only team as injured as Vegas last year, so they they should probably be better. Edmonton. You never know, but they they did upgrade their goaltending, in my opinion. And then Calgary, um, who knows? But they're going to be a really good team. It's like I don't, I don't like when I was in the, looking in the East. I was saying, okay, I think these are the teams that might fall down, fall off in the Pacific. The four teams ahead of Vancouver to me all, all are more likely to get better than worse. Yeah, yeah, and you're right. Like Vegas to me feels like just on talent. If they can stay healthy, full season of Jack Eichel, uh, some con- some degree of consistent goaltending. They should make the playoffs, right? Like I would put, I, I agree with you. I, I would put all four of those teams ahead of uh, Vancouver. All things being equal, meaning everyone's healthy, nothing weird happens. Um, you know, yeah, and uh, something just, weird always happens. And you know, maybe yeah, that's, that's where you point. you get the yeah. you get the odds for Vancouver that it only has to happen to one of those teams they're chasing. But uh, yeah, no, that's yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, that's that's a dicey one for sure. Um, hey Jesse, before we let you go. I'm curious about one team in particular. That's the Dallas Stars. Um, and only because, you know, they, they, Robertson doesn't seem to be signed and there's some, you know, question marks there. They're one of those classic, I don't know which way this team is going. Like, I I have no idea. I'm just curious 
what uh, what are the Dallas Stars at right now in terms of preseason odds? So the Stars are, are kind of right around where Vancouver is. Um, they are minus one sixty to make the playoffs. They're plus one thirty to miss the playoffs. So a slight favorite towards making. Um, they're they're actually a little more likely to make the playoffs than the Canucks are, um, according to these odds. Uh, would would you touch either side of that? I boy, I mean, I want to ah. know what's happening with Jason Robertson before I do that. Yeah, and exactly. Yet, and yet. That you know, as soon as we know that, the line probably moves. So, oh boy, I I, I think that's another one I don't I don't go yeah. near. This is a team just traded away their first round draft pick for for next year. Protect the top ten, protect it, but still, that's uh, that that also suggests it's a team in win now mode. But hard to win now without your best player. My opinion on the on that team is Pete DeBoer doesn't miss the playoffs um, very often, and to me, his he, he, his style. <laughs> I'm glad you added his, that very often. I'm yeah, kidding. yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, he has in his career, but I mean, he, yeah. he makes the playoffs like 80% of the seasons he's been a coach. I think um, that to me, watching him in Vegas, I, I just think his style didn't fit here. And if you would have told me what team in the league fits his style, I probably would have said Dallas. I think that hit the players there fit what Pete DeBoer wants to do. So I, I would bet them to make the playoffs. Yeah, I, I just I love those teams that the, the, the quote unquote mushy middle teams, right? yeah. the Winnipeg's, the Dallas's, Vancouver, like you have no idea. <laughs> Uh, which way it could go. Jesse, always great to have you drop in because I know you do the the the, the full slate of uh, uh, the Wednesday show. You do the heavy lifting there. And by the way, sounding great with Russo um, and Rob Pizzo. Um, I listened last week to your show. Fantastic. Um, Thank you. Yeah, loved we're it. We're happy to have Mike. Yeah, Mike uh, Mike is just terrific. A great storyteller. It's about, time, it's about uh, time that guy jumping in and doing something around here. Something, man. <laughs> Holy smokes. Tired Jeez. of carrying him. Seriously. All right. Jesse Granger, my man, thanks for this. Uh, look, we look forward to your uh, coverage of the Vegas Golden Knights here to uh, start the season, another year uh, underway in uh, in Vegas. We look forward to your training camp coverage, and we'll get you again next week. Awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, man. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. Always great to have Jesse Granger. Uh, I think I think the Golden Knights are going to be an interesting team to watch um, in in training camp and beyond. Let's open up the uh, the uh, the mailbag. In fact, we got a voicemail here too. Want to remind our listeners here at the Athletic Hockey Show, you can get us anytime. We love to hear from you uh, via email. It's the Athletic Hockey Show at gmail.com. and at eight four five four four five eight four five nine, you can actually leave us a voicemail. And this is a shocker, Sean, a shocker. Because we got ourselves a voicemail from none other than Barry Getman. We talked about this last hmm. week. Like, boy, I wonder if we ever get a voicemail from a Barry Getman. Well, guess what? Have a listen. Uh, here's a voicemail from BG himself. Hi, this is uh, 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 Barry Getman calling. And I just want to say I am completely against the idea of some kind of play-in. Uh, uh, this one time when I was at summer camp, uh, I, I didn't get called for Red Rover. And I said, why, why isn't anybody Red Rover in me? And they said, well, well, uh, Barry, you're, you're too small. You don't deserve it. And I said, oh, okay, well, if I don't deserve this, then nobody's ever going to get anything they don't deserve. And 
because of that, uh, I'm completely against the NHL plan. Not not that I have any power or say or anything like that, but uh, yeah, yeah, thank you very much for taking my call. Have a good day. All right. There you go. I, I, I threw out the theory last week that I felt like Gary Bettman had such a distaste towards kind of the play-in system. Something happened to him as a child. Mm-hmm. Problem, or uh, I guess uh, story solved, uh, mystery solved. It was Red Rover at summer camp. Yeah. That yeah, did that him did, Boy, that very did sound familiar, man. I don't know. Yeah, I can't. I knew. I don't know what it is with me in podcasting, Gary Bettman impressions, but I can't. I can't <laughs> escape. Can't get away from it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, by the way, like my kids are a little bit older now, so I'm kind of out of the game. Your, your, your kids are you know, a little bit younger than mine. Do kids still play Red Rover or is that done? I don't think so. I, I can't. Yeah. Uh, I certainly haven't heard of any Red Rover uh, injuries. At, uh, no, no broken arms. Yeah, that that From feels that. like uh, yeah. This <laughs> back in the day when you know just hey, how about we just run at full speed at each other? What could possibly go wrong with that game? Yeah, I don't know. That's uh, I haven't I haven't heard too much of it going on. All right, I got <laughs> um, some some emails to get to. Like I said, the Athletic Hockey Show at gmail.com. We had uh, a lot of fun, shall we say? Uh, debating Wilson Phillips last week. Got some great emails here. Jason says, great show last week. It was elevated to a whole other plane of awesomeness with the Wilson Phillips talk. But you guys slept on the song Impulsive as one of their hits. That actually makes Wilson Phillips four hit wonders. I can't believe I just typed that sentence. Keep up the great work. That's from Jason. You know, I, I heard from, from more than one person on this song. <laughs> I, I do I do not have any recollection of I, that, uh, that song. So... I'm, uh, yeah, I, I don't know about that. I'm, uh, let's see, I'm looking, oh yeah, you know what? That was, it was, it was number one in Canada. That's all right. You there know what? I, I, I yeah. might have to go and check it out. Okay. Four hit, four hit wonders. Four hit wonders. Uh, Not bad. Speaking of, uh, uh, Wilson Phillips, Joseph writes in, my little sister and I used to share a room along with a Fisher Price cassette player. While I was playing such uh, cultural luminaries as MC Hammer, Criss Cross, and Weird Al's version of Nirvana, my sister always insisted on that stupid Wilson Phillips. But don't you know, things changed and they went my way. I held on for mm-hmm. 10,000 more days. See what you days. did there, Joseph. Yeah, yeah, Joseph, we like that. Um, and I actually enjoyed hearing them. Uh, and by the way, for once, something hockey-related for you the next time you do some obscure Questions. I got a question for you guys. I've been a hockey fan for 30 years. Have no idea while why penalty minutes is abbreviated as PIM. P-I-M. What's that I all about? That's from Joseph. Yep. Uh you know what? Good question. The the I is uh in. It's uh it's penalties in minutes. Uh but shouldn't it be minutes in penalties? Like shouldn't it be MIP? Could just be in- penalty minutes. I mean, that would or PM. Uh, that would work too. But yeah, it's it's yeah. uh it because because it's not how many penalties you get. Right, that would be a lower number. It's it's how many penalties in minutes, but yeah, penalty minutes would be absolutely uh, better. But uh, yeah, I guess we we just drop the eye in there. So there you go. Uh, Cam writes into the show and says, as a Chicago fan, I don't understand retiring Marion Hosa's number. I get it; he won his cups with Chicago. Uh, they would not have won without him. But to put his number next to the ones that are already in the rafters feels a bit strange to me. And I also feel that if you retire Hosa. You have to also retire Patrick Sharp, maybe Charmelson, uh, because the same argument could be made for them as well. That's from Cam. Yeah, we talked about this, right? We said we kind of felt like if you're going to retire Hosa, we felt like uh, Taves, 
and Kane and Keith were slam dunks. That felt like he was opening the door to Seabrook. Yeah. And now Cam is saying, look, and Cam's a Chicago fan, like, hey, Nick Charmelson and Patrick Sharp were big parts of those teams too. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess the piece of this is Host is a Hall of Famer. And and so I don't think that if you put Host up there, you've got to do Sharp. You've got to do Because, I mean, this isn't just based on, hey, who contributed in 2010 or whatever. I, I think that it's, it's a little uh, – um, I, I do think Marion Hosa is a, a level above those guys. So, but it will be interesting. You know, the, the Seabrook to me is the the tough cutoff because if you put that guy, then yeah, maybe you do start opening it up to some of the others. And uh, you know, the, and and I don't think we mentioned it last uh, last week, but there's also the whole specter of 2010 hanging over this. And you know, that team is viewed differently now. Um, yeah, certainly outside Chicago than it was. Uh, you know, a couple years ago. Is it viewed differently in Chicago? Will it still be when it's time to make these decisions on some guys? I, I guess I guess we'll see. Um, you know, do you want to have the rafters hanging with, you know, <laughs> seven or eight guys from from that team? Yeah, maybe you do. Uh, I don't know. That's that's a decision that the team and, and the fan base will make. But it's it, it is going to get dicey on some of those guys. But you know what? You won three cups. Maybe you got a few guys that uh, that don't deserve it hanging up there. That's that's not a bad problem to have. If Dustin Brown can get a statue in L.A. statue, that, oh, that yeah. was that was interesting. Eh? Yeah, it gets not just the it's number the, retired, but he's getting a statue. That's then uh, maybe that does open the door to to a lot of guys having their numbers yeah, go up. Yeah, like boy, like Dustin Brown, like what is it like Dustin Brown and Magic Johnson? Yeah, have something, something like at, that. At, like, you know, at, it's, what, it's, what's it called now? The crypt crypto. Yeah, crypto.com or Something whatever they like call that, it now. Yeah. Like, but that's, I mean, he's yeah, he's no he's no Ted Rogers. That's right. Owner, former owner of the Toronto Blue Jays, has a statue outside of where the Blue Jays play, and fans that, love it. But but move over Ted Rogers because I do think Dustin Brown becomes the most kind of, um, what would the word be? Um, I don't even know what the word he's, is. Yeah, to have his own like, well, what's statue. The word? I don't know. Because I, I I'm not saying Dustin Brown isn't an important part. He's a very important part of and LA he's not King's even, I mean, legacy. He's not but obscure, is he statue worthy? but he's, yeah. It's, he's not statue a, worthy, I guess. It is a stretch, yeah. yeah. Are there no other kings with statues? Like, is it only those guys? So, like, there's no Luke Robitaille, no Gretzky. Like, Marshall no. Dion doesn't have a statue? Yeah. I don't know. Dustin Brown, eh? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, Drew in Calgary says, thanks for your hard work on the show. Look forward to your uh, uh, podcast every week. Simple question for you. Why is nobody talking about Shorzy? It was really well done and hilarious. Spread the word. So full disclosure, Drew, uh, in Calgary, I have never seen, I've heard a lot of people talking about this show Mm -hmm. and I've never seen it. I've never watched an episode. I think in Canada, it's available on a streaming service called Crave. Um, I do believe it's available in the United States. Well, I just want to hear from more people. Like, tell us why, just drew or whoever give us the pitch in the comments of why we should watch shorzy have you have Help you ever watched out. letter kenny would be my question i haven't but i know i'm very familiar people people say that shorzy is funnier than letter kenny really right? okay i because so. I've, I've never sat down and watched either show but i've seen a bunch of clips of letter kenny and they're always fantastic the, the, the very small amount i've seen of shorzy is excellent as well um but yeah again like i i don't have this so it, it's weird that you'd make hockey shows and they're kind of hard to find in Canada, but that's the sort of the situation we're, we're in up here, but yeah. yeah, go ahead and sell me. I, you know, I'm, I'm looking for a show to add to the pile. So make the, uh, make, make, make the, the uh, make the pitch. One last uh, email here from Daniel and Daniel says, look, I got an idea for a mid season 
NHL tournament every year. So every every February in a four-year cycle, you do the following. Year one, it's the Olympic Games. Year two, you shut down the season to have a three-on-three tournament. Year three, you shut down the season to have the World Cup of Hockey. And then year four, once again, you go back to a three-on-three tournament. And his point on the three-on-three is like, look, you do this in a couple of cities. It's a 32-team single elimination Um you know, you do it that way. Cash prizes for the teams that finish at the top. Um, look, I, I'm on board with with if you're going to shut down the season and do the Olympics, and then every uh, every second year you do the World Cup of hockey. I say yes. I don't know about this three on three idea. I, li- I like it's... I love outside the box ideas. I, I don't want to uh, kind of dissuade anybody from uh, emailing us or, or throwing crazy ideas because I love them. Mm-hmm. I just don't know that the three on three idea has traction. You know what I mean? It's, it's not even the three on three. It's, it's how do we make the players care? How do we make sure right. that we're getting, because we've seen what three on three looks like when the players don't care. And it's the all-star game and it's awful. It's unwatchable. So, uh, how do you, you know, and, and I know he mentions cash, right? Well, we give cash on the all-star game and it, it doesn't, it doesn't help. Um, he draft picks, eh, you know, that, that would be an okay incentive. But again, I think draft picks are less of an incentive for players. You know, again, like it's, it's like like the the idea of the end of season tournament. I, I I'm not I'm not going to go out there and uh, you know bust my behind so that my team can get a draft pick to draft my replacement. I I just it's it's the effort level and that's what we like about the mid season tournament that's being that we're seeing in the NBA uh, because it's it's regular season games. These games count. They matter. That's why the outdoor games work. I, I don't know that that this may maybe if there's a way to do three on three but you count it as a regular season game. I know some people would hate that. But I think that's the key. It's got to count in the standings. It's got to matter because um, no sport looks good played at half speed, but hockey is just awful when uh, when it's played that way. Let's wrap up with a little This Week in Hockey History. 30 years ago this week, Sean, a brand new NHL team, the Tampa Bay Lightning, were about to play their first game, right? They hadn't uh, uh, been in the NHL. And they decide to sign goaltender Manon Rayon making her the first woman to play in an NHL game. It was an exhibition game that the uh, the Lightning played. Uh, she played one period for them. That was 30 years ago this week. A lot of people said Oof. total publicity stunt, hmm. um, you know. But, you know, how, and, how do we and, view and that and now? Three, three decades yeah, it, later, how do we view it, that? It was a total publicity stunt, and I think even – I think it was Phil Esposito running Lightning at the time. He was he was upfront about that. And it's, it's a new team, new market uh, – not a traditional hockey market by any stretch. You 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 want to get some some eyes on the product, and um, but that being said, you know it 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 was a marketing stunt, but it wasn't a joke. You know, Manorail wasn't some terrible player. You know, she didn't go out there and get lit up. You know, she could she could play. Um, you know, was she was she worth getting a spot in an NHL game? Look, I mean, it's an entertainment product. Uh, there, it was a combination of skill and marketing that added up to it making some sense. I know some people rolled their eyes at it back then. Some people would, I'm sure, roll their eyes at it if it was done today. Um, but it, you know, it showed a little, a little flair. And uh, like, like I always say, that this, this sport, this league, is an entertainment product first and foremost. And uh, I, I do feel like this is kind of held up better over time because the idea of a woman playing hockey is is not as uh, strange to us as it may have been 
30 years ago because you know, we've we've seen so much uh, elite play uh, on the the women's side especially internationally so that uh, you know it doesn't it, it doesn't feel as as novel as it maybe would have back then um I don't know if we'll ever see it again but it was it was kind of neat she played one period against St. Louis nine shots on goal stopped seven of them uh let in two goals and if you recall like th- th- I think this is also what shows you <clears throat> How far we've probably come on this, that when Manuel Rayon made her uh, debut in that exhibition game uh, for, for Tampa, uh, Play, do you remember this? Playboy magazine asked her to pose um, in the magazine. Yeah, um, I think I do remember and, something and, about and, that. And I, and, I, and I just looked up the quote here because uh, Sportsnet caught up with Manuel Rayon a couple of years ago. And uh, they said to her, you know, what was the story behind that? And she said, that was after I played junior. I was 20 years old. And I said, no way I'm going to do that. They said, well, we'll send you some pictures. You can see you can still be wearing clothes. And she says they basically showed her pictures of, you know, she said it was girls just wearing a tie. I, you know, I didn't, you know, I didn't even think twice about it. She said, I don't even care how much money they were going to give me. And I could have used the money. I just said no. But I think mm-hmm. it's, 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 it just shows you now, like, like, it's, you know, I, I know we still have a long way to go, but you can't even imagine now something like that happening, right? Like if 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 a, if a woman had an opportunity to go and, you know, play an exhibition game in the NHL, mm-hmm. there wouldn't be this odd attachment like that. No, to, there'd be, you know, right? there, some stupid company would do it as a publicity stunt and we'd all just ignore it. Uh, right. And, uh, that's the way. Yeah. I mean, look, we're, like I said, we're not there yet, but uh, we're. We are making progress, at least. So yeah. That uh, I guess I guess that's cool. Yeah. Uh, we we want to tee up something here before we say goodbye. Um, we got a brand new episode or edition of the uh, the pod coming uh, starting tomorrow. So we got a brand new Friday edition of the Athletic Hockey Show, Sean. So Haley Salvian and Sean Gentilly are going to host a brand new Friday episode of the Athletic Hockey Show. Oilers goalie Jack Campbell going to drop by the pod on Wednesday. As their first guest, I'll be that's I'll be listening to that because yeah, good old good old Jack. Oh, we didn't we didn't appreciate what we had at the time, did we? Yeah, you don't know what you got till it's gone, right? Yeah, the, uh, yeah I think that must be it. That's right a song. So anyway, that. yeah, we uh, we want to just uh, promote the fact that uh, Gentilly and uh, Haley, uh, brand new Friday edition of the Athletic Hockey Show coming your way. Uh, later this week so look for that uh, we'll leave it there this was a lot of fun as always want to thank everybody for joining us for this Thursday edition of the Athletic Hockey Show uh, we got lots of emails and we can always take more the Athletic Hockey Show at gmail.com or if uh, we get another email or a, a voicemail from uh, uh, Barry Getman that's cool too 845-445-8459 not a subscriber with us you can join us at theathletic.com slash hockey show annual subscription for a dollar a month the first six months also got something cool called the Athletic Audio Plus. Uh, get that on Apple Podcasts. All of our bonus content from the entire network. You will start with a 30-day free trial, and then it's just 99 cents a month after that. 